Hariyam, Shri Gurubhyo Namaha. We were planning a family holiday and it took us at least three, four months to get it all set up, book the hotel, book the flights, coordinate everybody's dates, everybody's leave, make sure the kids were off school. And we got to Penang and it was wonderful. The weather was perfect. The pool was huge and very, very inviting. The kids were in and out, splashing, having a blast. The food was excellent. We sat around, we caught up, we played board games, and then it was all over. Time for everyone to go back to their respective countries and to resume regular life. And again, the idea has come up. We need to plan the next holiday. And so off we start. Where, which hotel, when. And in this way, we find that all of us, we have a goal, we work towards it. And it could be a career goal. It could be something like a holiday. It could be a relationship. It could be financial. We attain it. We enjoy it, and then it's over. And this is exactly what the next verse of Upadhyasara is saying. It's saying, Kriti Mahadado Patanakaranam Falamashashvatam Katinirudakam. That our actions are ashashvatam, they impermanent. And so the law is very logically that impermanent actions will lead to impermanent results means we put in a certain amount of effort over a certain amount of time to get a particular result. And because we only put in that amount of effort over that period of time, the result too can only last for a certain amount of time. The result won't last forever. Finite actions give finite results. And that's all we know. We only know finite actions because we're performing the actions with these bodies and these minds, which are also finite. We only have that much capacity. Even the fastest human being would not be able to run as fast as a cheetah. We have limited capacities. And so the result too will be limited. And so here we are with our limited equipment, doing limited actions, getting limited results. And so it's described as an endless ocean. Why? Because there has to be the next one. The minute one action finishes, there has to be another. The minute the result finishes, we look for the next one. And, you know, again, going back to family holidays, sometimes we at home. And so you'll notice this because, of course, we get hungry and the whole preparation of the supermarketing and the cooking and the preparing and then we sit down and we eat and then there's the dishes of course and it's done and then the question usually the mom or the grandmom of the house will say okay so now what's for dinner it's like we just ate we just did that whole process but the thing is we are going to get hungry in the next three four hours and we're going to need to repeat the process and so even just this basic urge of hunger and fulfilling hunger is endless We do it time after time, within one day, and then day after day for our entire lives. Finite actions leading to finite results, needing us to do more actions. And Ramana Maharishi describes this very pattern as the reason for our downfall, Patanakarinam, that we fall into the cycle of constantly doing and constantly wanting. 
not knowing how to get out of it. That's the thing, we don't even know we're stuck in the cycle. Every now and then we'll have this mood or we'll have this restlessness of when's it going to end or isn't there anything more. But for the bulk of our lives, we just get caught up in the doing of our routines. We have to make sure the bills get paid so that we can continue staying in the house and we can continue to have the electricity and the car and the school. And so there's not too much time to think, when does it stop? Will it ever stop? The actions keep us so busy, we don't necessarily think deeper. But Vedanta is all about the thinking deeper, even while doing the endless actions, which give us temporary results, to think, how are we going to get out of this? We can make sure the bills get paid, but we also need to figure out, how are we going to exit this constant, finite and temporary world that's constantly changing? How are we going to get to infinite? And so in Vedanta, the solution is always knowledge. And we have to understand how we get trapped before we understand how we can escape. So there's a desire, we fulfill the desire. And once that desire is fulfilled, it either leads to desire for more of the same, or now that's done and we desire something different. And so noticing this trend that desire leads to desire which then results in action leading to action. The cure is not so much stopping the action, but the motive behind the action. We see the story in the Mahabharata of King Yayavati. It's a really interesting story, and it starts before King Yayavati's entrance into the story with two friends, the daughter of Shukracharya, the guru of the Asuras, by the name of Devyani, and the daughter of the king of the Asuras, so the princess, Sharmasta. And so these two girls went out swimming one day in their youth, and they got out of the lake, and by mistake, Sharmasta put on the wrong clothes, and Devyani got really annoyed that, what are you doing? And they got into a little bit of an argument. They both got very angry, said unpolite things to each other, and in that anger, Shamarsta pushes Devyani into a well. She's, of course, furious. She's sitting there crying when her father comes along and says, I don't want to live here anymore. Let's just leave. She's got no decency. She's always treating me badly, and so on. The father, being very attached to the daughter, says, You know, of course, my dear, anything for you. And so he goes to tell the king that he's about to leave. But Chukracharya as a guru has great power. He knows the recipe of how to bring the Asuras back to life once they've been killed in battle. And so he he's too much of an asset to the kingdom to be lost. And so the king says, no, 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 please don't leave. Back and forth, back and forth, what would make you stay? And Devyani agrees to stay only if Shamashta becomes her slave, her maid. And so the king agrees this is an interesting story for many reasons. It also shows how karma plays out and how pride and attachment really make us do foolish things as parents or as beloveds and friends. So anyway, they go on and along comes Yayavati one day and when he's introduced to Devyani and Sharmashta, he becomes very, very besotted. 
And so naturally, the Vyani has the upper hand here because Shamashta is her slave and everything's about keeping her happy because we want Guru Shukracharya to continue to stay with the Asuras so that they can have his secrets and his powers and his knowledge and wisdom. And so Devyani is married to King Yayavati and she's quite besotted by him and she's continuing the romance and they have three sons. But Yayavati has also noticed Sharmashta. Remember, she's a princess and she's been groomed such and she's also very, very beautiful. She's taken as a slave even to Yayavati's palace. Oh, this is where Devyani really should have known better and left her and had gone just by herself, but takes this beautiful princess as her maid. And there's no one else. So naturally, Shamashta will be attracted to Yayavati because there's no one else for her to be looking at. So one day Yayavati notices her and they all alone. And one thing leads to another. And they are married in secret. And they too have three sons. Yayavati is able to maintain this pretext of having both of them as his wives and having families with both of them for quite a while until one day, one of Shamashta's sons calls Yayavati father and Devyani notices. She's furious. She feels so betrayed. She feels so hurt and all the more because it was Shamashta. So she goes running back to her father, totally distraught. The father, out of his attachment to her, would just do anything. And when he hears what Yayavati has done, he curses him to become extremely old and disgusting to look at or to even touch. You know, like you wanted so much sensual pleasures, well, now nobody will want to even touch you. And so Yayavati immediately becomes this horrible looking person, shriveled up and skinned with disease and all of the rest of it. And Devyani comes to regret this curse of her father's because she was still in love with him and she still wanted to be able to enjoy as a wife with him. And so she goes back to her father and now they're in a predicament because once a curse is said, it's done. So finally the father says, well, if he can find a younger body, I'll transfer him into that body. So he has three sons from Devyani and none of them agree to give their body. He has three sons from Shamashta and the youngest one agrees. And Yayavati is transferred into this younger body and he enjoys and he enjoys and he enjoys. Until one day he realizes he had lived his entire youth indulging in pleasures. And now he's lived the entire youth of his son indulging in pleasures. And he thinks to himself, when will this end? When will it be enough? And he calls his son and he says, Take back your youth. And fortunately, when the son is given back the body, he's given back the original age as well, so he can live his youth, because otherwise he was living in Yayavati's old, horrible body. And the story is often told to enumerate this point. When will it be enough? Because... Yayavati got to live two lifetimes of youth within one lifetime, but we're doing it lifetime after lifetime, and we keep going. Finite actions with finite results. And if you look at it from lifetimes, it is really an ocean, because how many lifetimes would we have lived, and the potential of how many we can live, 
the whole point of the ocean is we don't see where it's going to end until we decide to end it. And that is why it is said to be Patanakaranam, the cause of our downfall. It's for us to think about when is it going to be enough for us? For more in-depth talks from Swamini Supriyananda and other excellent teachers of the Chinmaya mission, you can subscribe to chinmayaclicks.com. You can also visit the Chinmaya channel on YouTube for bite-sized inspiration and discourses on in-depth Vedantic texts. To know about local classes, activities, and upcoming retreats, visit www.chinmayamission.com and see you on the next podcast.